This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Here's Michael Pavlich. Warren Daly, OAM, drummer, band leader and founding member of possibly Australia's most successful ever big band, the Daly Wilson Big Band, joins us on Overnights. Thanks for joining us, Warren. And it's a pleasure to be with you, Michael. Thank you. The fantastic band you were a part of, it was obviously at the end of a long line, a long tradition of Australian big bands. Who were some of the artists or some of the names that came before you? Oh, and let me think now. Bob Gibson was preceding me. He was in the 50s and 40s, I should say. Um, you had other big band leaders such as, uh, let me think now, Frank Coughlin at the uh, Trocadero uh, in Sydney. You had um, Jim Davidson, I think, was in Melbourne. So, I mean, every city back in the 60s and the 50s had their own big band, didn't they? They certainly did. If you're talking about dance halls, that's where I also started too with the Bill Barrett big band. And uh, that was the precursor to my going on to studio work at Channel 10 as staff drummer with Jack Grimsley. And uh, every TV station in Sydney, 2, 9, 7 and 10 all had big bands, you know. Yep. And uh, that was the golden era of uh, uh, variety. And it was a wonderful time, Michael, wonderful, wonderful time to be uh, involved in professional music and playing with the best guys, you know. It's fair to consider that the Daily Big Band had a a pretty good international reputation. It was highly regarded overseas as well, wasn't it? Yes, it certainly was. In fact, um, uh, the best thing that um, was the accolade we were given by uh, my rehearsal of the Big Band. And um, when I came back from America... I wanted to change everything about the way big bands looked, the way big bands sounded, and um, it went right through all of the uh, ways that the um, trumpets played, you know, the cutoffs, uh, all, all manner of things that needed changing, including the way the bands looked. We went from black uh, to colourful, you know, like the cricketers went from white, white to gold, you know. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, that uh, we were influenced by sport. It was just that we started that. And the next thing we noticed was um, uh, along came ABBA with their colours and uh, the the uh, cricketers went gold as well into colours, as I just mentioned. Yeah, it would have been the start but, of colour TV. It, it was too. But just to make that point, the biggest accolade given us was with the production techniques and changes that I'd made, uh, the... Um, uh, uh, Frank Sinatra Jr. and his producer, Sonny Burke, who produced all of Frank's great records, including Basie and Sinatra at the Sands, took uh, my records to Hollywood and used them in all of his uh, private recording sessions with uh, the elite of Hollywood. And uh, Frank Jr. told me before he left town uh, that he said, I wanted to tell you why you were packed out at Dante's in Hollywood when you performed there with a big band after Russia in 75. He said, as you recall, the elite of Hollywood's uh, jazz players were there and session players and stayed all night. And he said, that being the reason, he said, your production techniques have been held as a an index of performance standard in Hollywood. That's how far it resonated. You also, you mentioned Russia 75 in there as well. That must have been exciting. This was a, a program put together by the Australian government, an exchange of jazz musicians. That must have been a pretty amazing thing to do, amazing trip to make to Russia at that time. It was behind the Iron Curtain and the first big band to tour there since Buddy, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Benny Goodman and uh, 
I must say that we were the first Australian entertainment outfit to be chosen by the Russians. Goss Concert was in consultation with the uh, Michael Edgeley and Kevin Jacobson uh, organisations, and uh, they'd been bringing out the uh, uh, Moscow Ballet, uh, you know, the, um, I'm sorry, it just slipped my mind as to the name. Uh, yeah. and um, The Bolshoi Ballet? Bolshoi Ballet, of course. And, um, you know, they, they wanted something by way of a reciprocal arrangement. Gough Whitlam was involved too and wanted that to happen. And so their um, uh, department, State Department, got involved in uh, ensuring that we were, once selected by the Russians, were assisted by way of, uh, you know, an ABC camera crew too, which chose to follow us across there. And we played in Riga, Latvia, Kaunas in Lithuania, and... Uh, Vilnius, Vilnius in Lithuania, 10 concerts in Leningrad, six in Moscow, and all of them were packed out, four and 5,000 seaters every night. And it was the same in Las Vegas too. Uh, they extended our stay there at the hotel that Elvis had been at the year before, and uh, they'd renamed it the Hilton by the time we arrived the next year, but the, uh, the turnout was great. They extended it, and... Uh, we had uh, Full House when we played at uh, Dante's in Fernando, uh, sorry, Fernando, sorry, San Fernando Valley. Yeah, so uh, it, we did very well with that tour. And most of all, it was a state tour of goodwill too. Uh, the warmth from the people in Russia was absolutely incredible. And the same with the Latvians and the Lithuanians. You're a drummer, I mentioned before, a band leader and a drummer. Uh, there's a, I've got a note here that Gene Krupa, the drummer's drummer, was in the audience one day at one of your gigs. Is that true? Yeah, it is. It's quite amazing, a little bit of a side story too there, uh, Michael. Uh, I was looking at uh, the Gene Krupa story with Sal Minio playing Gene Krupa uh, when I was about uh, 14. Uh, no, 12. Uh, and uh, I saw the Glenn Miller story when I was about 14 and they resonated very, very highly with me. Um, and uh, when I went uh, to America with the Kirby Stone Four, they invited me uh, to join them, uh, having come out here to perform at uh, uh, Channel 10 and the like and a few uh, other venues. And uh, they said, you want to come back with us? And I said, yes, I would love to. And uh, I, I mentioned to Kirby Stone, I said, look, I really want to get to play some with some American big bands. And he was all for that. He said, that's fine. Just come with us and do three months. And, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, Chicago at the Jazz Club, L the London House, and then on to Caesars Palace. And then I left and joined the Sizenta Orchestra, which was marvellous, big stomping, big band, contemporary. And then I was asked to join the Glenn Miller Band. Uh, they, uh, the manager, Milt Yana, said, Lead Alto, he said, if ever you leave Psy, come and uh, give me a call, which I did. And like Cy, they fly you across America to join them, which I was very pleased to do, travel 38 states. And to answer your question about Gene Krupa, uh, it, within the first few uh, nights of my having joined the band, we were playing at the uh, Empire State Building in the Riverboat Restaurant in the basement of the Great Empire State Building. And uh, Buddy DeFranco just finished... Um, uh, one of the tunes because we had a modern book as well as the traditional uh, Miller items. And he said, well, thank you so much. Uh, that was uh, the Continental uh, written by whoever wrote that uh, tune. And uh, 
Anyway, he said, uh, and by the way, I'd like to say hello to my old boss in the audience. It's uh, Gene Kruber, ladies and gentlemen. And I, my eyes bugged. I thought, wow, do you believe this? Here I am. It's only uh, just nine years later, and I'm playing with the Miller Band, and I'm playing with uh, Gene Kruber in the audience, which is incredible. And one other original trumpet player was in the uh, uh, in the audience as well and went on New York radio that night talking about the band and myself. And uh, it was a lovely, lovely time, I can tell you. What a thrill that must have been. Look, I'll, re- I'll read some of the names that you've worked with here. We've got uh, Johnny O'Keefe, Peter Allen, the Deltones, the Bee Gees, Olivia Newton-John, Helen Reddy, Dudley Moore, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Paul Anker, Scylla Black, it goes on and on, Barry Crocker, Don Lane. Was there a standout person that you worked with over the years that it was just a total thrill for you? Uh, Frank Sinatra, we were asked um, by Frank uh, when uh, Sonny Burke, who I mentioned before, his producer, and uh, his son, uh, Frank Jr., um, said, uh, you know, you, you've got to get the Daily Wilson Big Band when you come out of retirement on your old Blue Eyes' back tour. And uh, he asked for uh, my band, and uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And uh, I must say, touring all around the country uh, was just wonderful. Uh, let me think about who else. I mean... Uh, Working with Barry Crocker was wonderful in those early days at Channel 10, a highly talented guy. I believe he stayed, started in uh, Melbourne. You know, we had a great chat recently and caught up. But some of the other ones, I mean, uh, Sabby Davis Jr., the band backed at the Sydney Stadium. And uh, it was uh, another wonderful experience. Um, there, There's some great talent amongst those. I mean, working with Olivia, you know, and yep. Helen Reddy. I worked with Helen before she left to go overseas uh, with Billy Weston's big band. There's another name at the, uh, let me think now, the State Ballroom in Sydney. And uh, she went over there and did some wonderful things, as you know. And uh, uh, I Am Woman was a big hit. And uh, it was such a thrill to meet up with Peter again, who was a uh, uh, part of the Allen Brothers, although... Peter and Chris, they weren't brothers, but they were very big in the pop scene in the rock and roll era that I was in too with my group, The Steeds, and uh, formerly known as The Ramblers. And when we played at a packed house at the Trocadero 20 years before, he left uh, some sheet music behind so that when I was at rehearsal at the Opera House for the Royal Charity Concert 20 years later, I was going down the steps, he says, Hi, Warren. And I said, I still got that music. It was like there was no time lapse. The only difference is he, he had become a world star, you know. Hmm. The magic moments to meet up with old people, old friends, you know. A bit like, look, some of the names who were singing up front of the Daily Wilson big band are worth mentioning as well. Some pretty big names there. Fantastic singers too. You had Marsha Hines in the front position there for a while. Ricky May as well. What a wonderful New Zealand singer he was. Uh, they must have been wonderful to work with. Uh, some big names, as I said, some great voices. Yes, indeed. Uh, Ricky May was the standout, uh, you know, that I'd worked with um, and known from the Latin Quarter days. Uh, I worked at Romano's and Spelson's and I'd go up to uh, the Latin Quarter to uh, uh, see my great friend and uh, mentor in Graham Morgan, who spent some time with me uh, tuning up uh, my drumming skills and uh, 
he was very helpful, Graham, a Melbourneite, and uh, quite a, uh, you know, a, a leading light in all of drumming history in Australia, is Graham and still going strong. But uh, I must say that uh, Ricky uh, was one of the first people that I invited to join the band, and he was on and off uh, singing with my band for 10 years, and uh, we went to Hong Kong together and round Australia on uh, maybe four or five tours. And uh, wonderful, we recorded with him at the ABC, and he's on the Best Of album with a number of tracks. Very, very talented and fun guy. And uh, case in point with um, Kerry Bedell, uh, she was um, with The Affair, a rock band. And uh, uh, when uh, she came back from having won the Hoadley's Battle of the Sounds, went to England, came back, I had her join the band. and. Uh, uh, she was uh, a wonderful addition to the band with her incredible talent, you know, and would you believe that lady with the big voice and all that talent uh, was belting in them out, all those notes, with one lung, you know, and challenged by arthritis. She had a, a tough time, but you would never know by the lung power of that one lung she had and that talent, a very, very fine singer. We're now with Marcia. Uh, she'd been known only as Mary Magdalene, you know, Marsha Hines plays Mary Magdalene, having come from here to uh, then replace the existing uh, girl when she left that played Mary. And I was in the audience specifically to hear how she sang and uh, she joined my band and became Marsha Hines in her own right, rather than playing a, a, um, a role in a musical. Mm. And so we were the first to record her with the album we uh, recorded before we went to Russia, but she had also recorded before she left, and her single Fire and Rain uh, went very well before ours was even released, which it took longer to get the album together, being many more songs. But, uh, yeah, she's uh, she was great to work with, and uh, she enjoyed... I took her to Russia with me and uh, also to uh, the United States, and... Uh, Pretty much after that in 75 was when she went on to her own pop career, you know. Now, there were a lot of big international acts that toured Australia, and rather than bring their own bands, because it was such an expensive procedure to do, uh, they would rely on the local musicians. Now, I imagine Daly Wilson Big Band would have supported a lot of these big acts that came out here. Uh, who were some of the acts that you remember, or some of the tours that you remember? Well, Scylla Black came out in the early days, in, I think between 1969 and 71, uh, and um, we backed her. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. came out and we backed Sammy. Um, there was another one, uh, the Dully Moore Trio we played opposite, uh, not backing him, of course. He had Chris Caron, a Melbourne drummer, who'd gone to England to uh, perform over there. and. Um, that we were at the St Kilda Palais, you know, after playing in Sydney at the State Theatre and also the Sydney Town Hall. Um, others that came, Gladys Knight and the Pips, uh, we supplied players from our band uh, to back acts such as that, you know, and so many others I, I couldn't really, from this distance, uh, begin to tell you. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the acts that came out, we supplied musicians too from our organisation, you know. Yeah, well, there were a lot of great musicians that actually came through the Daily Wilson Big Band and, and played with you at one time, a lot of local musicians. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, James Morrison. He played for a while with the Daily Wilson Big Band, didn't he? 
Yes, he toured as a young fellow, maybe 16 or 17 with us. And um, he, I think he was fresh out of the con or still at the con. And uh, we took him uh, on tour with us of New South Wales. And uh, he performed uh, in the 50th anniversary concert for the ABC at the Sydney Town Hall when we performed with the Sydney Symph Orchestra. And uh, we featured um, a particular arrangement Ed and I had done of the Pierre Gint Suite which we augmented with uh, uh, strings and uh, that went over very well. And um, James also uh, was with me at the uh, uh, one hour special I did at the ABC TV studios here at Gore Hill uh, when I think it was in 1982. So it was um, a jazz milestone was the actual name of that one hour special. Now, someone I believe who was quite influential in your career and a huge influence to a lot of Australian musicians, someone we probably should mention here, Tommy Tico. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, Tommy, uh, uh, I worked with Tommy after my uh, return from the US with the big bands and um, I'd been playing at Channel 10 and 9 and once or twice at 7, but I'd never actually been with Tommy per se until I got back and formed my big band. And Tommy invited me to join him for the Tommy Leonetti show. Uh, Tommy Tico was uh, uh, doing most of the stuff at seven since about 1957. And uh, I struck up uh, a few conversations with Tommy. We hit it off right away. We had the same kind of ideals about um, how things should be uh, unbridled, uh, let the emotion flow, let it have big kahunas, you know, kahunas. And uh, uh, so it suited me down to a T with playing with my own big band, which had that quality. And uh, Tony, uh, um, sorry, Tommy had that uh, same feeling about things. So we hit it off. He also wanted to make a break from television and he said that he needed publicity. And uh, uh, so uh, he said, uh, I'd like to write for you, you know, and maybe uh, get some publicity for doing that. And he did. He wrote uh, Kaleidoscope, which was a major work, uh, not particularly uh, focused on the big band, except that it was uh, featuring a drum solo at the end and because he knew my work. But um, it was very well reviewed. And that publicity that he asked, he certainly got the Sydney Morning Herald on that uh, Dudley Moore trio tour uh, with us. Uh, he got a great rap for writing that and uh, writing the uh, essence of the finish with a drum solo and the like, which was referred to. But Tommy also wrote something specifically for us on our 73 album, which was the on tour album. Uh, Tommy joined Ed Wilson and myself who wrote the balance of the charts, but he had really got inside where we were at. And if you thought marriage was right in, you know, in life, well, a marriage that's right in music is when the arrangers get, you know, the feel of what the band's about. And Tommy did with Fire and Rain and He Ain't Heavy. And it was a perfect foil for the stuff that Ed and I had written, you know. And um, so a wonderful, you know, relationship. We uh, professionally, we uh, we worked um, in each other's outfits. He worked in mine. He played uh, in one of the uh, 77 album in, uh, in Australia, 77 he played the uh, Scott Joplin-styled uh, performance, as it was, way, way back, on The Sting, The Entertainer. Yep. And uh, 
also played the Royal Charity Concert amongst many others with his orchestra. And uh, that's when uh, we had uh, the uh, people I mentioned before, and you, as you did, Libby Newton-John and, uh, uh, you know, Peter Allen, yeah. Helen Reddy. Did you get to meet uh, the there. Queen, the Royal Command performance? Uh, no, I didn't meet her, but I did a long drum sol- solo, sorry, a drum roll for her. And I promised myself, though I have great respect, had great respect for the Queen and a very long reign. And um, uh, I've, I, as a drummer, had a duty, you see, as a drummer, that in that, that long walk along the back of the opera house to her royal box, which was not too far from where I was seated, you know, with behind my drums, that if she tripped, I would have had to have caught it with a cymbal crash or a bass drum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so no disrespect meant, but if you know what I mean, this is the role of the drummer. So I had to have that as well. But uh, no, I didn't get introduced to her, but I did get introduced to uh, Prince Charles, you know, yeah. so that, that was a very nice thing to meet him. You well, know. Not everybody can say they've met the king. No, no. In fact, how about that? Yes, my mum and dad, had they been alive, would have been thrilled. So thrilled. Yeah, mm. I was too. I, I thought it was lovely to meet him. I you know, and I'll, I'll actually give you a little impersonation. Uh, he said, uh, uh, amongst many things, when I was introduced to him with my wife, Karen, uh, then not my wife, but, uh, you know, my fiance, he, when he was told, uh, uh, Warren Daly's just come back from behind the Iron Curtain playing for the Russians. And uh, he looked at me, he said, uh, do they like you? <laughs> Which uh, was just uh, a treasure, really, really funny, you know. You did his voice very well there, Warren. I yes, I did that, that party trick. Oh, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> I've got to ask you this. Uh, what do you think of modern technology and, in particular, the drum machine? Have you ever played around with one of those? Well, no. I'd been asked years ago if I would program one, and I said, no, thanks. Are you kidding? And uh, so... Uh, I know that it's what has happened, and that's been part of the technology applied to popular music and the like, and even even classical music are employing it with their orchestras on occasions. But uh, I try and avoid promoting uh, anything that uh, is devoid of humanity, you see. Uh, <laughs> I, I rather like the idea that we have real blood running through whatever is making the sounds. Yeah, uh, look, I, I prefer a live drummer any day, Warren, so yes, you're, yeah. you're not alone there, mate. Look, it's been such yeah. a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for sharing all your memories with us. And, uh, you know, we'll hear a little bit of the Daily Wilson Big Band now as we go out. And uh, yeah, Once again, thanks for joining us on Overnights, Warren. It is a pleasure, and thank you for the interview, Michael. It's been a pleasure.